0: You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week, now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Welcome to Soft Idolatry. This is Season 2, Episode 12. This will be airing on March 30th, 2020. We're looking at the texts from March 29th. 2020 from the revised common lectionary alan how are you today
1: i'm good how are you
0: i'm doing all right getting a little stir crazy
1: mm-hmm. i'm busy touching my face like i'm not supposed to
0: yeah <laughs> great
1: thanks for giving me that order that i can't possibly comply with
0: Uh, You never notice how much you touch your face until you're in a Zoom call because people aren't supposed to be touching their face, and you can't help but see yourself touching your face in a video.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. This is true. And everyone else. Yeah.
0: For for those of you who don't yet know what Zoom is, I don't know how you've gotten this far into the quarantines without having to Zoom with someone.
1: I, I If they're listening to us, we can almost guarantee they've been on a Zoom call.
0: And if they're listening to us, we can almost guarantee that they are on quarantine and bored.
1: Yes. <laughs> Especially the bored part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Our Our listenership may increase during the quarantine. That would be awesome. One would hope. It wouldn't suck.
1: It wouldn't suck. <laughs> so what's your what's your sermon title this week?
0: Uh, my sermon title is Life and Peace. How about yours?
1: Well, it sounds like a great sermon title if you're preaching on Deuteronomy.
0: It, it does sound like a great sermon title if you're preaching on Deuteronomy. Also, if you're preaching on Romans 8, which I am, that is actually uh, from that passage.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. It sounds a lot like Choose Life, though, doesn't it?
0: It might I might have heard that somewhere before. I don't okay, know.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, my uh, I I am borrowing from Simon and Garfunkel, and this week my sermon title is "Homeward Bound."
0: Homeward Bound is your sermon title a pop song every week or just most weeks?
1: Oh no, I wouldn't even say most weeks, uh, but certainly very frequently.
0: <laughs> very frequently, indeed. Um, so. We usually, when we record a podcast, we generally have like a, a nice uh, organized outline where we ha- we've decided like what's happening in the world that we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, not this our, week. Yeah, we talk about our scripture passages. We have this very specific flow, and the it, world is closed.
1: Yeah, we had plans. We really had plans for these weeks. We had plans for church. We had plans for Wednesday worship services. We had plans for... All sorts of fun things that all required having people there.
0: Yeah, things. (laughs) Yes, things just get weird. I am really grateful, though. So I know a lot of podcasts use like studio recording time. They um, rent studios and things like that. And we went the whole buy the equipment to do the home uh, remote recording. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that right now because recording studios are not
1: Right. Um, Yeah, I'm glad that we invested as little in this as possible and that investment (laughs) is paying off.
0: (laughs) Hey, there's a great plug for people to support us on Patreon. Hey, guys, we did this on the cheap. (laughs) Support our podcast.
1: Well, yeah, then we'll get the support that we need for doing it on the cheap.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you want to hear our production quality increase, you're going to need to help us be less cheap. (laughs) (laughs) nice oh my gosh yeah so how's your church weathering the great COVID-19 quarantines of 2020
1: (laughs) so far so good Uh, we we went Facebook live on Sunday and we probably had more people tuning in at the appointed hour than we would have typically in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning
0: I've heard that from many colleagues Um, you're not the first
1: no and and then when you add to that that lots of people watched it later uh it, it turns out we reached a lot more people uh i had buddies from the cigar shop who don't go to church who tuned in friends from back in western pennsylvania even one of my fraternity brothers tuned in
0: that's uh we've seen the same kind of thing it's like extended friends and family um many of them who are far away That can't come to your church on a regular basis. Some are colleagues who are church hopping on Sunday morning because we can (laughs) right now. Um, Some are people from congregations that don't have an online presence. And then others are folks who've been saying for a while, yeah, yeah, I should come check out your church. But it's Mm -hmm. really intimidating to walk into a church building for the first time, either the first time total or the first time in that particular church building, because you don't know what to expect. You don't know how people are going to welcome you. Is it going to be they're going to ignore you or they're going to be too much to handle or anything in between?
1: Right. And we have an added dynamic at my congregation of having had a lot of turmoil in the past. And lots of people leaving to escape the turmoil. So I know that at least one or two folks who fit that category tuned in this past Sunday. And yeah, you, you know, you want to talk about the awkwardness of coming back after having been away for so long. That is that is that sort of awkwardness amped up a great deal. So, um Yeah, we we definitely had a couple of folks who were former members come back in and, wow, what a great introduction. Even though it seemed totally weird, uh, at least at first it seemed totally weird to me to be staring at my laptop and preaching, but I was surprised and buoyed and, uh, not booed, buoyed. By the number of people who told me that it was, in fact, an intimate worship experience, which surprised me. I thought it would be, you know, distant and distant and cold, like me. Um, You said it. (laughs) um, Yeah. No, I I, I thought it would be um, distant and artificial, but they said that it was surprisingly natural. So... Uh, We are not messing with the platform. We are going Facebook Live again.
0: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I had similar comments. Um, I had a lot of people say it was nice to have something normal in Sunday morning because everything is not normal right now and it felt it did feel to me when I was preaching to an empty sanctuary, it felt distant and cold and weird. but everyone else said that um, that that felt really good. Uh, it felt like I was preaching right to them, those kind of things. So I I'm playing around with if I'm going to preach from the pulpit this week or not. We've been doing pre-recorded. And that's because for my congregations, YouTube has proven to be more friendly for them to access than Mm -hmm. Facebook. So we are uh, pre-recording adding bulletin elements as slides in that video so people can sing along, all of that. And we're doing a YouTube premiere. If you schedule your YouTube video as a premiere, It gives this epic countdown at like 10 seconds to 10 a.m. It's Mm. absolutely hysterical. Everybody loved it. It was a lot of fun. But you know you're watching it at the same time, even if it's pre-recorded. Now, that will throw some interesting uh, kinks in the midst for us uh, when we're trying to figure out how to do communion. We may do communion after church via a Zoom call. I do feel like we need to be like in person even if not in physical person and virtual person yeah for that, that's pre-recorded a recorded is weird
1: that's a weird one and i i haven't i haven't figured out um i i haven't figured out what my thoughts are on that uh pre-recorded would absolutely be out in my mind yeah. but uh the conference or the facebook live i don't know i mean it, it's it's an embodied it's it, yes it's a symbolic act but it's an embodied gesture and to to do that remotely is it really the sacrament? I don't know. But I don't want to spend the whole podcast discussing that. I think that's next that next week's podcast.
0: Yeah, we'll hit that next week, maybe when we've figured out a little bit more of what we're going to do do with this. Uh, yeah, these are weird times, and the lectionary is throwing us some interesting texts. This some week
1: amazing this. texts this week for yeah. for worship. So uh you know there's there's John you using John?
0: Uh kind of so the the gospel passage this week is John eleven one through 45. It is, as per the trend in this lectionary cycle, exceedingly long. And we're not going to read it here on the podcast. I'm not using it in my sermon on Sunday, but I will be stepping through it during daily devotional videos that I am putting out during this time. So I'm, I'm using it as a ramp up to the main show.
1: Okay. Well, and- I...
0: Sorry, I just wanted to jump in. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that, I realized we didn't explain what John 11, 1 through 45 is, and that is the resurrection of Lazarus.
1: Or, or the reanimation of Lazarus. There was a wonderful discussion of that on Sermon Brainwave. But yes, it is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Um, you, you, part of the argument was you can't separate the resurrection from the ascension. Uh, so this is this is qualitatively different than Jesus being raised from the dead.
0: That is fair. We are recording far earlier in the day than we often do, and uh, my words were not carefully prepared.
1: Mm. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I will fair agree enough.
0: with you on that. Yes, resurrection is a poor choice of word there.
1: So I am going to be preaching on Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. I think it speaks wonderfully into our times. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, how can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a a rattling, and bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord.
0: Them bones, them bones, them dry bones, them bones, them bones, them dry bones. So how are you fitting this passage in with what we're seeing around us in the world today.
1: So this is uh, an exilic text, meaning that uh, the prophet Ezekiel spoke this word of peace to the Jerusalem exiles when they were captives in Babylon. And it's a reminder that we will eventually return to our physical home that we are not cut off from God, that God is with us, and that we still have God's Holy Spirit, which is the most important thing. And I'm also going to talk to them about how uh, this represents a huge turning point in the history of the Jewish religion. Prior to that time, all gods of the ancient Near East were thought to reside in local shrines or temples, uh, they were, they were place-specific. And before the leaders at Jerusalem were carried off into exile, the Babylonians sacked the temple at Jerusalem. This was King Solomon's temple. And it was believed to be the place where God, the God of Abraham and Jacob, resided. And this was the place where all proper sacrifices were to be made. And it was literally the center of the Jewish religion. And they didn't have that center anymore. And in the process, what they learned was that God wasn't attached to any building. God was with them wherever they were. And this idea of God being detached from a specific place of worship Is actually a major innovation in religion. Um, Prior to that time, all other gods that would have been encountered by the people called Israel would have been localized deities. They would have had shrines where they were thought to dwell. So this is such a huge deal that they can figure out, oh yes, God still loves us and we can still worship God somewhere else. And That's something that we need to be reminded of. Uh, We need to be reminded of constantly that the, the buildings where we worship on most Sunday mornings are not, in fact, the church. We are the church, and we need to innovate in these times, too. And if we do that successfully, we will grow and we will build on the truth that is already there, which is the presence of the Holy Spirit.
0: That'll preach.
1: Yes, it will. As long as the technology stays stable.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, it'll preach whether it gets out or not. That's the question. Uh, So I am using the Ezekiel text kind of as my setup and then driving things home with the passage from Romans. So a lot of those, those points that you mentioned I'll be drawing in as well. And then looking at this very interesting passage from Romans 8, 6 through 11. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Well, we are in a valley full of dry bones right now. We we are in exile right now. And we need to remember that, we first of all, social distancing, very important. At no point am I going to tell you that, that the flesh does not matter in that regard. But rather that um, when our focus, when our main drive is the anxiety and the worry of the world and the flesh. Uh, so if all we do is focus on COVID-19 in our time right now, we cannot focus on God. We cannot do God's mandates of loving God fully and loving our neighbor as our self. We have to focus on the life and the peace that we are given through the Spirit. So again, looking at uh, the Spirit, uh, as as our main focus. so it I think that those two passages work together really nicely for they, the current situation.
1: They really do, and I think there's a, a lot of fertile territory there for for homiletics.
0: Yeah, yeah, there absolutely is. And there's a lot of comfort in it, right? Our job as preachers right now is not to be great. Theologians, but to be messengers of comfort.
1: Indeed, indeed. That um, comfort, but grounded um, grounded in the Scripture, grounded in the Word of God, and the the grounded in the things that we already know about each other and who we're called to be.
0: Right, right. I am seeing some great strides in my congregations in that regard. Um, for starters, they're becoming more and more one congregation in the way that they're handling things together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Um,
0: but they're doing a good job of rolling with the punches and remembering what's important in our life as Christians, keeping that focus on the spirit, mm-hmm. and not on the flesh. I mean, we're all having days where we're melting down. Right. But as a community community, we are able to help each other refocus
1: that is wonderful and i think um not i think i know that leaders in my congregation have already put together a plan for uh phone calls um and they are reaching out to members far and near well actually members who are near but um Far and near across the congregation, people they know well and people they don't know well. Um, And they're just reaching out to maintain contact. And uh, in my sermon on Sunday, I alerted people that they would start getting phone calls from deacons and elders who are just checking in. And that if they feel that they have received the love, that they ought to share that love by picking up their phones and calling someone else from the church.
0: Yeah, we're doing some similar things to keep community together and keep people um, a little more focused and hopeful. We, I've got a team of people helping with pastoral care who each have like seven or eight people to call each mm-hmm. week a couple times. I'm trying to reach out to everybody as much as possible. In the first week, I think I called nearly everyone, save a few uh, shut-ins who I am regularly correspond with in writing. Wow. So uh, I only have 71 people, though, like 50 households. So mm-hmm. just made like, you know, six calls a day. And some mm-hmm. people I was in meetings with multiple people at a time to check in there. So we've been doing a lot of that, too, just thinking about how do you keep community alive when you can't be in physical proximity? And how mm-hmm. do you continue to be church when everything you thought was church or in practice was church for you is gone. It it is great because every pastors like bane is hearing people say but that's the way we've always done it.
1: Yes, and we are so far out of that territory now that no one can possibly bring that up. <laughs> yeah,
0: not only is it an illogical statement these days, right? It's always been an illogical impractical statement. Now it is just simply impossible.
1: Yes. And as an added bonus, as we talk about innovation, for the first time in, like, two whole generations, we don't have to compete with youth sports on Sunday mornings.
0: That is correct.
1: In fact, we don't have to compete with that much of anything.
0: Oh my gosh! So scheduling meetings is so great right now because I ask folks, "Hey, what time works for you?" They're like, "I'm not going anywhere,
1: so pick a time." <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it
0: it really it's so funny that um, you know everybody talks about technology distracting us from communication and. Connection like real connection. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden that's our only thing to rely on for real connection and communication. And people are connecting better. Yeah. Fewer distractions. I think it's the distractions, it's our overscheduling and our busyness yes. that has been the problem, not technology.
1: Correct. Correct. The the technology has given us tools to engage all of our worst desires, all of our greatest pettiness and, uh, all of our, all of our habitual disconnection from one another. And yet the technology is also the way to now bridge the divide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be very interested in seeing, how things change after this
1: yeah me too uh, but but first we need to dwell in it for a little while longer and uh man i just i think if we do the work if we are faithful mm-hmm. to using the tools that we have to do the work of the church that we can do in this time we will come back to things re-energized and renewed And we are setting ourselves up for a great – oh, I hate to use the term great awakening because, of course, that's been used at least twice before.
0: And it has some serious baggage.
1: It does. But it could be – oh, Carissa, I've got it. Oh,
0: Alan, do tell. If
1: we do this successfully, this will be called the great reboot –
0: like it. The great church reboot of 2020. <laughs> but you're right. I think that this could be really good for the church. Um we've been so lazy. The American church has been allowed to be lazy because of the stability of our country and all of a sudden mm-hmm. rug has been pulled out from under us and we have to decide what is vital to our identity. Mm-hmm. What is key to being community? Mm -hmm. What is the work of the church in dark and trying times? And where is the spirit working? How do we focus on the spirit? Those are things that we are so out of practice with.
1: Boy, we are. Um, And and it's we're out of practice in doing those things as an organized group called the church. I mean, we can look out on a typical Sunday when we're in our buildings, we can look out to the pews and see individuals who do that a lot, but we don't see cohesive action across the congregation.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I think that this is a time that as a church, we should embrace it. We should live in the moment say this is where we're at, like it or not, and we are going to be the ones who are making the most of it and finding the joy and the life while this is happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is, that's always our job, but we have so much more focus now and it is so much clearer that that's our job. Yeah,
0: and it's so much more urgent.
1: It is. And so let's let's lean into this, let's embrace this, and let's just see where this uh holy goose chase takes us.
0: Holy goose chase. I think I'm changing my sermon title.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> holy
0: Holy Goose Chase.
1: Um I was
0: just about to say, I think that's a wrap.
1: Yeah. Okay. Shall I pray us out?
0: Yes, please do.
1: Okay. I wrote this prayer for my deacons and elders who are calling the members of the congregation. And this is a prayer that they can pray over the phone with people. Let us pray. God of grace and mercy. In these trying times, we ask you for strength and courage to witness to your love for the world. We ask you for courage and strength to get through these trying times. We lift up everyone who is sick with the coronavirus, the families of all who have lost loved ones in this global pandemic, and all the people whose lives have been upended by the disease and by the social distancing that this disease has necessitated. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, may God, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together spirit, soul, and body. May God encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen.
0: Thank you, friends, for joining us for another episode of Soft Idolatry. Remember, you can always email us comments, questions, uh, suggestions at info at You can get links to our Facebook page, our Patreon page, our show notes, and more at www.softidolatry.com. Hey, Alan.
1: It's too early for puns, Carissa.
0: Why are leopards so bad at hide and seek?
1: Because they can't spot anyone? Well,
0: they're always spotted.
1: Oh, they're always spotted. I see what you did there.
0: It is too early for puns, isn't
1: it? (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I thought that a pandemic would give me some reprieve, but alas.
0: Nope. We need humor now more than ever, friend.
1: (laughs) They're just going to get
0: worse from here on out.
1: (laughs) On that note... Bye. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Thanks
0: for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.